What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 22, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. JMac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben... Remind me at the end of this episode, Justin, to put my pants in the dryer. <laughs> Baseball. Ben, what's going on, man? <laughs> oh, that was a great cut. Well done, sir. H- how are you? Doing all right, man. We are recording in the morning time for the first that's, time. That's absolutely right. So for those that normally listen, we normally start recording this podcast in the evening after I put the kiddos to bed. But due to it being... Um, a slightly longer weekend, we thought, let's try our hand at a morning recording. And uh, I got to tell you, it's a little different to have a thing of coffee next to me. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, man, I, I had to go uh, get a big thing of ice water just because that's what I typically have. And I just need to make sure that uh, I'm not too far off base here. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like I'm just a shade away from being an NPR host where I'm going to be like sipping coffee in my microphone and talking real close to it. Doing some book reviews, something along those lines. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, happy Memorial Day, my friend. Uh, yeah, no, uh, definitely, definitely hoping you have any big plans. No, man, not a, not a ton. Just going to hang by the pool today and stuff. Got a little burnt at the pool yesterday, though, so that's kind of a, a downside. But, you know, it happens. It happens. No, I totally understand that. I actually got a sunburn the other day cleaning out my garage. Like, how lame is that? <laughs> I went to the pool that day, and I didn't get a sunburn, but I got a sunburn before that cleaning out my garage. You clearly weren't doing so much of an effective job if you were outside in the sun somehow. I was loading stuff into pickup trucks. We uh, got two big truckloads of stuff to donate, but thank you. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, man, yeah, uh, I am happy that the, uh, I've been tracking the, as an update to the last episode, I've been tracking the shirts that uh, I ordered for my wife and I for the Red Sox Astros series. They should be here. It, ironically, uh, so I ordered a second set of them um, after all, after the, the post office destroyed my, my package, um, and so I'm going to have double the Dustin Pedroia shirt, but I ordered a different one as well. And so I got a second one there, but also basically I'm going to have four shirts show up, but the new ones are going to arrive before the reorder of the ones that got disposed of. That's, I got you. That's seems off to me, but whatever. Yeah. I feel like they're doing it wrong. Um, and I think we decided that they were incinerated, right? Yeah, I think so. It seems about right. But, uh, yeah, man, did you happen to um, see, Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, just about the uh, about the post office. So I may have made some really terrible jokes, um, like super deep music references while you were telling that story last episode. And so far, I've had one person comment on them. Uh, outfielder Dan from Minnesota sent me a text yesterday morning saying, um, hey, what the heck with the what the hell with the such great heights joke? For fuck's sake. Dude. Um, because I was referencing the band, the postal service. I was going to ask you about that. If that's what that was. That absolutely was. Um, I was going back and and listening to the episode because I was going to cut some drops and I was cutting that one of you that I just used here at the beginning, the pants in the dryer episode. And you said such great heights. And I was like, no way is he talking about the postal service here? Absolutely. I was. Um, yeah. So I'm happy you got it. Uh, and I'm, I'm definitely happy for outfielder Dan giving us a shout out on that as well. Did you happen to see that he uh, he went to a game the other night and tweeted at us because they used the bullpen cart in a double A game? Awesome. 
Yeah, he was telling me that they were going. I didn't know about the bullpen cart, but he went to a bark in the park, you know, where you can bring your dogs to the baseball game to the St. Right. Paul Saints. Yeah, dude, that's bark in the park is a, is a pretty awesome uh, concept. I love the idea, but like at a certain point, where do the dogs pee? <laughs> a valid question that I'm not prepared to answer first thing on a Monday morning. I swear to God, you're going to end up cutting that drop and it's going to come back to haunt me in an episode <laughs> a few weeks Pro- from now. Probably so. Probably so. That's okay. Kind of like this one. I think he sees birds and eats them. <laughs> Very similar to that. Hey, I might not be wrong there. Yeah. Does he not just look like if like a, a bird or something flew? Uh, we're talking about Bartolo Colon. If a bird or something flew by him while he was pitching... He would just reach out and grab it and throw it in his mouth and then throw throw like a 72 miles per hour pitch. See, I, I more pre- predict him pulling it out of the air and then throwing it as the baseball. Okay, I could see that. Also a very graphic scene, if you think about the mechanics of how that would work. Hey man, you got to get them outs. Got to, got to, got to throw heat to the plate. That's oh right. man! Well, it is definitely great to be back talking some baseball. We've got some uh, some awesome stuff. We got some uh, a trade to talk about. We've got uh, some very interesting roster moves that have transpired over the last uh, week or so. Um, yeah, we got some good stuff here today, man. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, super looking forward to it. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, tell us who's sponsoring the pod today, will you? All right, yeah. Let me go ahead and see what I have here on the old typewriter. If anything's coming in on the wire. Tired of excess belly weight? Looking for a new personal trainer? Look no further than Yvonne Rodriguez's fitness class. Sign up for the old number seven treatment and let old Pudge himself help you with your own Pudge problems. This 14-time all-star can do it all, including catch Kenny Rogers' perfect game. Back to you, Justin. I wanted to mix the beginning of the rapid fire drop there and the applause simply because that drop was absolute fire. Thank you. Or that ad I read, appreciate that. that was one of the best ones you've ever done. We need to go ahead and like um put in a fire siren or something and have people scrambling to get their gear on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh man. And that was uh that wasn't even as far as a throwback for the usual like as far as it usually goes back, I mean. No, no, absolutely. That was a, a pretty modern one, but Pudge uh, holds a special place in my heart. Of course. I don't blame you. Love that guy. How about uh, how about we talk about what's going on in baseball? How do you feel about that? I would love to do it. What segment does that bring us this to, Justin? This is everybody's favorite segment. Around oh, the oh, Diamond! Around the Diamond. We will talk all things around the major leagues. We'll talk about standings and what is going on with each team. How about we get it going? How about what do you think, Ben? Super excited. Let's start things off where we normally do in the AL East. Justin, what's going on out east? Absolutely. So we'll start with the Red Sox at 36 and 17, the Yankees at 33 and 16, the Rays at 25 and 26, the Blue Jays at 25 and 28, and the Orioles at 17 and 36. Ben, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so definitely, it's interesting to see. I feel like this division is starting to kind of take more shape, you know, where we've lost a lot of the ties. 
Boston is now, um, yeah, they're still ahead of the Yankees, but they're kind of consistently ahead of the Yankees. Uh, so I think that the types of moves they're making and the, the games that they're winning. Now, no, I did hear, though, that uh, New York, did you see them against uh, Los Angeles this weekend? Yeah, man, that was a hell of a series. Yeah, absolutely. So any anytime you get two high power clubs playing each other, you know, you definitely have some good baseball in your hands. And I wouldn't have thought to be looking out for a Yankees Angel series. But uh, boy, was I wrong. Yeah, I would have been thinking to look out for it, just given Otani and because it was Otani versus Tanaka yesterday. Yeah. So I actually watched that most of that game. It was a hell of a hell of a go. Yeah, I got you. Um, as far as the rest of the division, um, not surprised by Tampa. I am a little surprised though that they're ten back in third place. You know, it's just Boston and New York have been able to put a lot of room on themselves between uh between those two teams versus the rest of the division. Uh, Toronto, you know, nothing really moving the needle there. And then, you know, Baltimore has a baseball team. Baltimore does have a baseball team, uh, much to everybody's chagrin, I would say at this point, they do have a baseball team. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. So man, I think there are, uh, I, I agree with you. I think this division is starting to take shape. Um, I think that Boston and New York are really going to keep on going neck and neck. Um, I really, Boston, so we'll talk about it in a minute. I wrote a blog about it yesterday, but, uh, randomly cutting Hanley Ramirez was definitely, um, definitely unexpected. Like I said, we'll talk about it here in a minute, but, uh, that was definitely not what anybody was expecting. Did you happen to see the other day in the, I think it was the first, or I think it was the first game against, um, against the angels with the Yankees that. Aaron Judge threw a hundred mile an hour gun down from the outfield to home plate to, to throw somebody out. Holy crap! No, I missed that. That's Dude, fantastic. That guy's such a man, <laughs> such a man. So, then in that case, call back to a previous episode. I believe in one of our last rapid fire sessions, you described him as overrated. Incorrect. That's not what happened. Okay, tell me more. I said that the duo that is Judge and Stanton together are overrated. Those are two different things. Uh, I got you. Okay. I I see where that's a little different than just splitting. I'm talking about the one-two in the lineup, not necessarily the, like, just the the concentrated one one player and one player. So do you think that, this is a Judge question, do you think that he's going to have more legs to his career than someone like um, Puig out from the Dodgers. In what sense do you just mean like well all around better player? I I see I see some similarities between the two. Um, decent power hitters, um, fair fielding ability with outstanding gun down ability. I don't think I've seen anyone throw people down like uh, like Judge does since Puig, yeah. but he's kind of been a little lackluster for the Dodgers the last um, few years. I feel like he's kind of plateaued, so I didn't know if you were expecting similar production out of Judge. No. Um, I would say the difference is stark there. I would take Judge any day of the week over Puig. I would say, I, I see what you're saying as far as similarities and stuff, but he doesn't have the cannon like Judge does. Judge is a, a five-tool guy. He's young. He's um, 
he's really got everything, man. He's the full package, and he could be your your tight end in, on either of the New York teams. Uh, <laughs> Guy's enormous. Uh, he's I think he's like two inches taller than Gronk. We've talked about him. We've talked about that plenty on the show. That's it's really insane how big that guy is. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't anticipate that. I think I mean. As a Red Sox fan, I would say I hope so, but <laughs> I don't think that's likely. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Boston just finished up a, a set against the Rays. They um, they took two of three. Chris Sale just was off yesterday, so it was just an odd odd day for him. The Rays actually made the first big trade of the year. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. What's going on? So they sent Alex Colomay to the Mariners in exchange for some prospects. Also, Denard Spann, who's been in this league for, like, 50 years. It's always weird to, like, um, whenever I look at someone like Denard Spann, he's a great example. Like, he's someone who's been in the league a long time, but then I turn around and see, like, Big Bart, and I'm like, oh, wait, never mind. He hasn't <laughs> been in the, in the league that long. Yeah, that's like... Um... That's like saying someone's relatively intelligent, but then when someone throws Einstein into the mix, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess they're not that intelligent. <laughs> exactly. Um, so they made – it was actually two, technically two trades. They uh, The Rays acquired Andrew Moore uh, and Tommy Romero from Seattle in exchange for Alex Colomay and Denard Spann. They also got a right-handed pitcher in exchange for – basically they swapped two righties as well. So let's let's dig into that just a little bit because the Rays right now, um, ten games back in the division, twenty five and twenty six. It's a four ninety win percent. Um, whereas Seattle, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, thirty two and twenty with a six fifteen. They're a game back in the West. So at this point, do you see that being um, damn ads? Do you, yeah. Do you see? That being Tampa's saying, hey, we're going to start cutting talent? Or do you think no. this was more of just like a, a reshuffling? So ha- is this the official someone entering the seller's market? Um, It's hard to say, dude. Uh, I would say that Tampa Bay, the perennial rebuild team, they're sort of like the East Coast version of the A's in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, they tend to do this where they're they're trying to kind of reinvent the wheel a little bit, and they're trading away pieces, yes, for value, which I I can get on board with and understand why they would do that with where they are. Um, it's just odd when they're doing things like they're planning to start, or they're tr- they're planning to run out like three relief pitchers instead of a starter in a game. You know, they're just doing odd things like that and trying to reinvent the wheel a little bit. I would mm-hmm. say I don't know if it's necessarily like a, a message to throw in the towel here, but I would say that it's definitely closer to that. I got you. Yeah, that was what I was picking up on just from uh, some of the stuff on it. But anyway, yeah, that those are about all my thoughts on the East. What else do you got there? Yeah, like I said, we'll talk about the Hanley Ramirez thing in a second because I mean I did write a blog about it, but I want to I want to gloss over it here in a minute. Um, okay. Let's talk about the Central first, though. Uh, the Central. Cleveland 26 and 25, Detroit 23 and 29, Minnesota 21 and 27, Kansas City 18 and 35, the White Sox at 16 and 34. What are your thoughts there, Ben? Ooh, the lowly White Sox. So um, bad. You know, what's interesting, they actually, I, I read, had a decent series this weekend against the Tigers. Um, 
like you said from, I think, week one of the blog, that say what you want about the quality of White Sox baseball. Um, at least they're playing people close. I think your, yep. your quote was, they're an exciting team to watch. Yeah, they are. Um, I'm a little well, they're an off. interesting team to watch, not necessarily exciting. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, don't let me put words in your mouth there. Well, uh, I, I guess I just mean I think there's a, an important distinction there, and I think if if you're talking about the context of a rebuild, I think it's extremely important to make sure you're looking at it through the right lens, and I think that that's a really good lens to look at it through for them. They're absolutely rebuilding. They threw that talent last year. It's more just watching how they do it and kind of what that actual process looks like. Yeah, especially when you compare them. If this is year two of the rebuild, how are they going to do um, – you know, when's the hot year where you start to see progress from it? I think we all, you know, have talked on this podcast about the Braves being a little ahead in the rebuild schedule than we were expecting. So I just like to see that. What's the, the trajectory on, say, a five-year rebuild? If you're in the second year, at what, port, at what point do you start to see some of the fruits of that labor? So it depends on how aggressive you decide to get on it um, and, and what you have that that adds value. We've talked a lot about where we think that the the Texas Rangers are headed, and that's simply because they are at that apex of like, uh, do we go ahead and dive off the cliff here? What do we do specifically? And, I mean, that's usually the trajectory of those things. I mean, it, it can it can continually, you know, be ongoing. I mean, look at, like, the Padres, for example, or it can... It can take a few years like the Braves did or the Astros did. It really, there's no recipe for it and there's no deciding factor on like how, how it should look. There's no actual recipe for it, but there's still, I don't know, there's still guidelines that you would want to internally follow as far as evaluating talent and what you have and what you don't have and what you need. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I like to look for patterns and things like that, um, but it's funny you brought up the Rangers because I think perpetually for me anytime we bring up the rangers in the last 18 months and likely in the next 18 months uh i just have the clashes song should i stay or should i go now start playing in my head (laughs) because i feel like that's right where they're at like well what are we gonna do are we gonna go ahead and um try and actually rebuild this thing or just hobble along with a duct tape together old studebaker they're evaluating talent man they're not uh at this point, they're not trying to. I mean, they 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 may be trying to be competitive, but they're not going to be. So it's more right. at this point of a of just an evaluation of what you have. So whenever you get to the deadline, you can start to move those pieces and get the the pieces that you're going to need. It's kind of, yeah. I mean, the same kind of thing that we were just talking about with the Tigers. It's a it's a process, but it's it's all about kind of what you make it and how you decide to go about it and when you decide to get aggressive. Sure. No, I'm with you. Um, and so back to the to the central. Um, in fact. Um, pop singer Lord's favorite team, the Kansas City Royals, actually took two of three from the Rangers this uh, this weekend. Excuse Minnesota me. is Excuse starting me. to drop off a little. What was that? Whose favorite? Did you say pop, the, the, pop the, the pop singer Lord? What? What? What is with your obscure music references lately? First, such great obscure. heights, and now this. That song was huge. It's Remember? just random. Her, her, her singing about the Royals? I guess. All that right. wasn't what that song was about? The baseball club from Kansas City, Missouri? Just just move on. Okay. Uh, Minnesota, I'm starting to be a little disappointed by. Um, kind of falling off a bit. They got, they got surpassed by the Tigers, um, who are kind of out kicking their coverage. 
And then once again, that baseball club from Cleveland is just they're terrible. piddling around slightly above 500 and winning the division in spite of themselves. What do you think? Yeah, they're terrible. I don't think that they're, I don't know. I, I just, Andrew Miller got hurt again. And uh, man, like, I feel like I want to make every excuse in the world for this team, but I just can't. I, I, I don't know. When people have kind of laughed um, at the idea of teams getting a World Series or postseason hangover, but especially a World Series hangover, and you and I have talked about it before, um, the Red Sox, how they were winning every other World Series there for a bit, or um, not the Red Sox, the Giants, um, the Red Sox having off years after they win, Cleveland, even though they didn't win, did they go ahead and have you know some sort of a... You know, it just makes me wonder what's what's going on. So basically kind of where I'm at is I'm just anxious to see what's going on. We saw it with the Cubbies. We've seen it with the Rangers. We've seen it now with Cleveland. Um, it really makes me wonder what type of, you know, kind of w- what we're really dealing with from a baseball product here. Yeah, man. I think those are good points. I don't know. I just I don't really know where it where it falls. So I guess it'll just be interesting to keep an eye on as we keep on going. Um, the whole thing's very confusing though. Definitely not what we anticipated, right? That's all you can do. Yep, exactly. All right, let's move on to the West. We have Houston at 34 and 20. We have Seattle at 32 and 20. We have the angels at 29 and 24. We have Oakland at 28 and 25 and Texas at 22 and 33. What are your thoughts there? Um, well, you know, my my Royal Blue Ranger cap just is collecting dust at this point. No, I'm kidding. I'm really most excited in this division to see what's going on with Seattle. We mentioned the trade earlier for them trying to get some more talent. Um, but I do want to bring a, an important distinction between Seattle and the Astros. Um, yes, Seattle's only one game back, which is much higher than I thought. They've won three in a row. They're eight and two in their last ten. But one key difference I want to point at is, to me, this is a streak, whereas what you have with Houston is long-term baseball success. And I say that because of the run differential. Seattle is plus 12 with 227 runs scored and uh, 215 runs against, whereas Houston, 270 runs scored and 148 runs against. That's a run differential of 122, which is insane. What is uh, the Red Sox at? What are they at? Uh, plus 77. Okay. Who's third on that list? Uh, so third is going to be at uh, New York with plus 73. Makes sense. And then uh, fourth is the Cubs. Third place in the Central, but a plus 70 win difference or a plus 70 run differential. See, that surprises me. The Cubs or the, the Cubs. which part? Yeah. Interesting. No, and we'll talk a little bit more about it when we get yeah, to we the to the central. There are some interesting figures there we can go over, but that's why when I look at the Mariners team right now, I'm thinking this is a streak, and it makes perfect sense for them to be trying to um, actively add talent. Um, you know, at this point in the season, so I'd especially say a couple with Cano being suspended. True, I would say a couple of things there. Um, Seattle's definitely been better than anticipated. They're definitely in a horse race for that second place spot. Um, I really like the move that they made here by adding pitchers at this point. 
you don't see it too often until you run up to the trade deadline because teams are still trying to figure out what they have and what what pieces they need to to put together possibly. And you want to have a pretty good sample size, right? So sure. It's, it's so it's a it's a matter of of evaluation at this point. I'm always a big fan of the you know what we know we need this. Let's try to make this happen now. And maybe we don't pay quite the arm and the leg that we pay at the trade trade deadline for it. Maybe you know we go out and get a little bit cheaper at this point. Um, I like what yeah, they that, did here. I think it makes a lot of sense. That's exactly what I was thinking um, from a value standpoint. Because what they've yeah. done is they have kind of enabled themselves to set the market. Um, you know, and not to say that people wouldn't know where it's going to be at. Everyone knows that it. Prices are going to be higher the closer to deadlines um, to get the type of talent that you want. So if they know they need a left-handed pitcher, a right-handed pitcher, or maybe a off-speed specialty sort of pitcher, like they're able to go there while teams still are, you know, kind of willing to deal. The only potential right. thing is if they moved too early, they could have tried to make deals with other clubs who were still in that evaluation piece. So maybe they really wanted a pitcher from Miami or Cincinnati or someone. Um, but those teams weren't willing to deal because they were still evaluating talent. Oh, that yeah. would be the only potential pitfall. You certainly run that risk. But uh, it, it's just like the whole Red Sox-JD Martinez thing this past summer. They, the market never said that they were he was worth XYZ. Mm-hmm. You know, but the actual, you know, that that was the general consent, the consensus. But he wasn't actually worth that. He still signed a two-year deal worth like 110 million, like not nearly what he thought it would be. Because I mean, he wanted like over 200 million, and that was his idea of what his value was, not not the ball clubs. And I feel like we've seen a huge difference of disparity between like what a club thinks somebody's worth and what they think they're worth. And I, I, don't, I wonder how those those uh, those things are going to be those expectations are going to be tempered. Yeah, how those two numbers sort of reconcile. I mean, the only thing that reminds me of with Martinez is that's pretty close to what you and I are trying to demand for our podcasting salary, right? Correct. Yeah, I mean that's what we're money. we're sending the bills to the advertisers. They're they're not getting back, but we we put the call out there. We put the feelers out there. So you know what's likely happening. It's your damn postal service scenario where Dude. they're being incinerated in the mail. Uh, that's why the checks haven't been. That's a good point. We should we should get the uh, the office guys to look at that. Yeah, yeah. Well, where's it? Where are our interns? Yeah. Any other final thoughts on the West? Um, the Angels still look. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on with them. The A's uh, piddling around, man. I still think that they're. I mean, they're seven to three of their last ten and a couple games over five hundred. So. It's this division's more competitive than than people thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely still feel pretty confident that Oakland is going to be ahead of Texas. That, that's where I had them shaking out in the AL preview. Yeah, uh, right now there's about seven game difference between uh, the Athletics and the Rangers. Yeah, and it's only May. And it's only <laughs> May. We're almost to June, though. We're almost to June. Hey, that's right. We're a few days out. June starts on Friday. That's right. All right, let's get on to the National League East. Uh, we'll get started there. Atlanta is at 30 and 21. Philly, 29 and 21. Washington, 29 and 22. The Mets at 25 and 24. Miami at 19 and 33. What are your thoughts? Man, so like immediately, I am jazzed for the Phillies. I don't particularly care for the Phillies as a baseball club, but they're kind of in the same boat for me that Seattle is in, where for my money, they don't have 
they don't have any business being that close to the to the start of their division uh, or to the top of their division. The Phillies are a half game back on Atlanta, and Atlanta is still one of the top contenders in the uh, National League. Now, they've been overtaken by the Brew Crew as far as the best team in the NL. Damn straight but, they have. <laughs> but still, I'm, I'm excited for the Phillies. And right on their heels are the Nationals. The Braves, Phillies, and Nationals just have a game separating them. Yep. And this is a super competitive division, second most competitive in baseball. No doubt about it. I mean, even the Mets, who are in almost in the basement, I mean, they're only a couple games off the lead. They're only four games off. That's not – that's – given where they started, that's probably a little bit disappointing to people like Jimmy Midtown, but it's also yeah, – I, I don't know. I think it's a little bit more realistic of where we thought they would be. It's where I yeah. thought they'd be. I think, I think uh, that's definitely true about the Mets. What's interesting is just when they start to figure it out, it kind of seems like the like the wheels fall off. So they've dropped their last three in a row, um, and I wasn't necessarily expecting that. But you know, then again, they were playing the Brewers, the best team in the NL, and now they're up against the Braves. So they have a, a decent run against themselves. But they did really well for themselves by knocking uh, taking three out of three from the struggling Diamondbacks. So. Anyway, I think the Mets, you're going to see just ebbs and flows, man, peaks and valleys. Yeah, I think that injury... So Cespedes is slated to return soon, um, but your injuries to your Todd Frazier, Brandon Nimmo... Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong list. Um, They are going to have Cespedes back soon, though, and uh, they've gotten a ton out of uh, Nimmo... I think he's been a huge. I think Jimmy was telling me he's been such a, a huge, uh, you know, factor to their lineup. Uh, but I mean, they've got a ton of people on the DL right now. They've got Wilmer Flores, who's day to day really. Uh, AJ Ramos, Cespedes, Kevin Plowacki, uh, Todd Frazier. It just kind of goes on and on with the DL yeah. thing, and that's going to be their biggest fight that they're going to have. Uh, Bautista, just to give you a little bit of reference, real quick. Mm-hmm. So he's played in five games. 11 plate appearances, so very, very small sample size here. Keep that in mind. Batting 444 on base, uh, 556. Nope, excuse me, 545. Uh, slugging 556 and an OPS of 1.101. But like I said... you think he just needed a change of scenery? Well, he's had two now, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, and I can... think for the Mets, they've, they've really been able to, to get a lot out of finding Nemo. crickets so happy that you finally cut the cricket drop that was what i was just trying to lay an egg on you so you had an excuse to use it <laughs> i was dying for it no uh it's yeah man i i just think the injury just exactly what jimmy told us at the beginning of the year it's going to be a matter of injuries right and, and and health and staying healthy this team has talent they're just uh you know it's just yeah. uh staying healthy it's all it's going to be Cool. Uh, let's see. I am surprised. So I just watched the Atlanta. They had a, a three-game set against Boston this past weekend. Dude, did you see Acuna Jr. get hurt? No, I didn't. Oh, dude, I was watching. Uh, it was on. It was during the game yesterday on Sunday. He was running, just you know, legging out a a single, and 
he stepped on the base and his his leg twisted in the most weird way possible. And it was just gut-wrenching. Luckily, it was one of those things where it looked terrible, but somehow came out okay. And mm-hmm. he's only going to be out for like a week or something like that. Okay, but it good. Looked, just throw him on the 10-day DL or something? Yeah, exactly. Dude, it looked bad. It did not look positive. It was it was just one yeah, of those anytime. leg bends. Like, not necessarily, I guess, like Gordon Hayward with the Celtics, but something something in between there. Dude, I just watched the replay of that. Oh, my God. He, like, when he hits the ground, yeah, he's he's trying to run out to run out to first. And, dude, and then he spins. He loses his helmet. Oh, man, that's that's never fun. Yeah, it was it was real dirty looking. And, of course, my my heart just dropped out of my butt because, like, I, I you know, he's my guy. Like, he's my one of my go-to guys this year so far. I I, I think that kid's incredible. I, think I don't think that that's a real expression. What? My heart dropped out of my butt. I just fucking made it one, pal. Okay. All right. <laughs> and guess, guess what? I'm probably going to cut that as a drop for you for later. <laughs> Thanks. No, um, but it, it was gut-wrenching to see. It scared the hell out of me. I'm glad he's all right. Um, of course, it was just one of those things where I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> But also, yes, because <laughs> I really wanted Boston to win, you know, kind of thing. So it's a, sure. it's a weird deal. But they took two of three. Um, it was a good series. It, yesterday, like I, I think I was saying before, uh, Chris Sale uh, didn't have his best outing. Which, very rare for him, but just didn't really have his stuff together yesterday. No, I got you. Um, I got you. I'll be interested to see where this Washington team ends up. I, I still think they're the best team in the division, and that will prevail, but... Uh, it's not 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 so easy so far. So at this point, you'd say you're still thinking Washington in first, Braves in second, Phillies and Mets somewhere in third. I could probably see Philly in second. I don't know that okay. flip flops. For now, it flip flops. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. All right, let's move on to the central. Uh, cool central. Let's get our brews on. Let's. We have the Brew Crew at 34 and 20. We have the Cardinals at 28 and 22. We have the Cubs at 27 and 22. We have the Pirates at 28 and 24. We have the Reds at 19 and 35. Ben, thoughts? So in this one, we've seen a lot and talked uh, at length about just the competitiveness of some of these divisions, uh, NL East, NL Central, and AL West, kind of being where we're talking for the more competitive divisions. What's interesting for the NL Central is the your fighting for second place teams uh the brewers have started to push themselves at this time about two weeks ago um you know there was maybe a game game and a half difference between first and fourth place now there's a five game differential because the cardinals the cubs and the pirates are all still really competitive with each other but milwaukee is starting to put a little distance between them and i think one of the key differences is milwaukee's just a better road team so all teams uh, all four of those teams are pretty good at home, but on the road, Milwaukee's 18 and 10. By comparison, Seattle's 13 and 11, Chicago's 12 and 11, and Pittsburgh is below 500 on the road at 10, or excuse me, 12 and 13. So when I'm looking for what's happening for the Brewers, it's that they're having success wherever they're playing, and that's giving them a little bit more of that leg up, and that's why they're four games ahead of the second place Cardinals right now. So I agree in a way. I think, I mean, obviously I fired off the bell for your one, for your, your solid point there. But I think, so I think that 
playing on the road really well absolutely helps a team, obviously. I think it, it there's something about knowing that you can go on the road and win versus, um, I don't know, that cloud kind of hanging over you as you go into like a 12-game road trip to the West Coast, something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, though, that in my experience of just sheer watching this over the years, those things kind of tend to even themselves out somehow. A team oh, yeah. that plays really well on the road and not nearly as great at home, and I, I'm not pegging the Brew Crew as one of those teams because I think they've only won two more games on the road than they have at home. Otherwise, it's an identical record. Mm-hmm. I still think that I would still worry about, like, what does that say about your team whenever they can't play well at home? And maybe sure. maybe I just got done watching the entire Eastern and Western Conference Finals where, you know, it's basically home court no matter what, but I think that's such a huge thing in sports in general. Yeah, I got you. Um, I mean, that's why there's 81 at home and 81 on the road, you know? Yep. It's, it's it's just, it will even itself out, and it's such a long season. Um, so oh, yeah. some of those X factors do tend to even out. One thing about the Central I wanted to, to bring up, and I teased earlier, I could certainly see Milwaukee staying in first place, but at this point, um, I kind of think the Cubs... Are, uh, are the transformer of the NL Central. They are definitely more than meets the eye. Yes, they're 27 and 22. They're four and a half back right now, but they have that uh, plus 70 run differential, the best in the NL. Um, I think that that's going to serve them better as they continue to solidify their um, their pitching and, and hitting. What do you think? So I'm looking at numbers here real quick um algebra ah numbers so albert elmore jr is hitting let's see where is it he has 377 377 uh, yep. i'm sorry 326 batting average 377 obp yep chris bryant is hitting really well also um he's only striking out like 17 percent of the time so mm. he's got incredibly good Plate appearance, uh, patience on the plate. He's hitting 292. He's got an OBP of 411, and he's slugging 550. So he's got a. We'll, we're going to do a little bit of a segment, I think, later on this week, maybe something like that about WRC plus because I think it's a really cool sabermetric that's not used quite as much as it, it maybe could be, and I think that it's a really beneficial stat to look at. Uh, do you have a Do you have a minute to just go just super high level and explain to that what our uh, explain to our audience what that is? I would, but I want to give it the time it deserves. So let's totally fair. Let's uh, let's table that for for later this week. I think. So cool. We can also, when you do it, you'll also be explaining to your co-host. What Correct. That, it, okay. It's way way easier than you think <laughs> as far as understanding. Um, you know, kind of like what all the elements that go into it is. It's really really. It gives you kind of an overall understanding of, sure, of some different things. So we'll no, talk. I'm about with it. you, man. I definitely think it's worth talking about. But uh, yeah, man, this Cubs team, I think that they've definitely got the firepower. It doesn't help that Darvish just went on the DL, um, but I don't think I, it sounds like just a little bit of inflammation. I, I don't know if they yeah, know it's exactly. just a ten day deal. Yeah. So, but I mean, that can also lead to other things so well, it's the same thing i wonder about uh kuna jr is anytime there's a ligament or a tendon potentially involved you know you don't want to sleep on that definitely not 
definitely not. And it's it's better to be precautionary, especially with someone like Darvish who's had Tommy John surgery in the past. Yeah, I think it's absolutely incredibly important to listen to or uh, to look at. Uh, I'm still I agree with you though. I still think that they prevail in that division, but. Uh, man, I don't know. I, I told you all year, I think Milwaukee's probably the better team, and and I, I stick by that. I don't, I'm not backing down on that yet. Okay, that's fair. Well, hey, plenty of baseball left to be played to, to kind of see who's who's right on that one. For did sure. you happen to see that Matt Harvey got his first win, win the other day in a Reds uniform? Uh, I did see that. Interesting. I just don't like that guy. <laughs> I'm just... You know, it's it's funny that it took that much effort for the Reds to win another game. All that skyline chili shit, as Sam would call it. That's awesome. I want to look real quick. I'm pulling up uh, what his line looks like since he's been in Cincy. So he is one and one. He's got a 3.72 ERA. He's pitched 19.1 innings. He has. Uh, let's see. He has eight earned. He's walked four. He struck out 16. That's not terrible for the Reds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that line will get you a second place spot on the Rangers. If he's in Boston, I'm, I'm ridiculing him the fuck out of town though. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So you were going to do that to him anyway, though. Good point. Good point. I won't, for, I won't let this skyline chili thing go. Not doing it. Someone, uh, we had a chili cook-off at work a few months ago, and someone brought in Skyline Chili, and yeah. um, we we decided that it would not be part of the actual uh, chili contest. It was more <laughs> of just like an attraction for people to come try. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, let's talk about the West. Uh, yes, Colorado- excellent. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to just say something silly. Oh, and, you were um, applauding me. Yep, absolutely. I like it. I, like it. I, I support it. I support it. Um, all right, Colorado 28 and 25. Arizona 26 and 26, uh, the Giants 25 and 28, the Dodgers 24 and 28, the Padres 22 and 32. Thoughts? I am super jazzed for the Dodgers. It looks to me like they're starting to figure it out. They're Incorrect. 8 and 2 in their last 10. What? Incorrect. Well, here's what I'm saying, man. The They're starting to get some of their players back from the disabled list. They're now a half game back of the third place Giants. So to me, it just looks like they are are starting to figure it out. I'm still concerned for the Diamondbacks. Happy for the Rockies, but the Rockies are once again one of those first place in the division teams um, with one of the weakest win-loss percentages. So Colorado Rockies have the second worst um, second worst record to be a division leader. Uh, second only to the Indians, who we've poked a lot of fun at this year. True, true. Um, Colorado does not concern me as far as solidifying themselves. Um, I still don't know what to think about that team. I haven't. Wa- to be fair, I haven't really sat down and watched enough of them. I- I'm going to get on that this week so we can have a better fo- informed discussion about the Rockies. Um, Arizona, yeah. I think that there's – we talked about this – Last Thursday, I think that there's certainly a little bit of concern there that they could start to arrive. Um, but I'm still pretty confident, I think. Um, the Giants, I'm not worried about them. We'll talk about the Dodgers in just a second. The Padres are still doing what they've been doing. So that doesn't 
surprise me. Let's talk about the Dodgers' schedule in their last, like, let's let's talk about it since May 1st, okay? Oh, God. This is the point where Justin brings up real numbers to go against my baseball gut analysis. So uh, for those that are on Team Ben versus Team Justin on this, uh, please forgive him. I'm bringing Josh on the team, team Justin because he'll jump on no matter what. Josh from your On the Break basketball yeah. podcast? Yep, I'm dragging hey. him in. No, here's the thing. On the Break, great basketball podcast, but y'all have bigger things to be worried about than the Dodgers record since May 1st. You have the uh, basketball championship, the NBA finals coming up soon. I don't think you need to worry about what the Dodgers are doing on May the 3rd. Not that the Celtics are out. I've got time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, good. No, Bring so we're, so we won't go too far down the stat hole here. We're going to talk about simply gain, uh, wins and losses here. So uh, starting in May, from the 1st to the 3rd, they the Dodgers had a three-game set against Arizona. They took two of three there. So far, so good? The 4th through the 6th, they had a three-game set against the Padres. They dropped two of three of those. A little concerning. Then they played two more against the Diamondbacks. They split those. Then they dropped four straight to the Reds. Then they had a three-game set against the Marlins. Dropped two or three of those. And then we stop right there. So, like... Hold on. Well, let let me round out this point because it's incredibly confusing. Then you had a four-game set against the Nationals, one of which was postponed. The other three, they won. Yeah. Just confusing. No, and, and then they took two or three from Colorado, and then they took two and three from San Diego. So I think it's one of those things where, once again, it's a pretty long, long, long baseball season. I always love the people that rag on baseball season being too long, and it's those people don't fucking get it. No, not at all. Hey, as I'm pulling up these stats, um, just an interesting factoid. On Wednesday, May 16th, the Dodgers played in Miami. They lost 6-5, to five, so Miami got one of its very few wins that year. Guess what the attendance was? Oh, no. 5,721 people. Only <laughs> 5,000 which, people in attendance. Which means that was more likely around like 3,000 people at most. Well, that's the thing is you have... The Dodgers win the World Series yesterday. Even if you hate Miami and you live in Miami, like, wouldn't you at least want to see potentially good baseball? But it wasn't good baseball. It was this year's Dodgers. First of all, the Dodgers did not play in the World Series yesterday. That was last year. Oh, sorry. (laughs) It's early. (laughs) Feels like yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. That's what we call a Monday morning uh, misspeak or miscue. At first, I thought you said that they won the World Series last year. I was like, oh boy, you are all kinds of incorrect here. You need to reset. But uh, Yeah, I'm just refusing to believe that Houston won. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> omitting it. <laughs> I understand it. I don't support it, but I understand it. We are um, truly in the darkest timeline. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it, it, the reason, the main reason I look at all that is simply because it is a little bit confusing to get your head around where they're at. And I just... I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting yeah, I to keep watching. Yeah, what's to be said about some, um, you know, teams still discovering their identity. No doubt about it. You know who, um, I was watching a little bit of the, during halftime of the uh, Celtics game last night, I was kind of flipping back and forth between Sunday Night Baseball because the uh, Cubs were on it and so were the, uh, they were playing the uh, Giants. And mm-hmm. 
One of the better players in baseball right now that nobody's really talking about is Brandon Belt, who plays for the the Giants. He's hitting 315. He's got an OBP of 412, and he's slugging 573. Oh, wow. He's got two and a half games as a war. Dude. Yeah, he's currently a Giants team leader for home runs and RBIs. And RBIs. So, I mean, yep. definitely. I feel like if you're in the Bay Area, you're familiar with that name. But if you're outside the Bay Area, you're probably like, Brandon Bell? Not realizing that it's Belt. It's probably so. Probably so. All righty. Well, that concludes Around the Diamond. You want a factoid that's going to piss you off? Go for it. The Rangers, as of yesterday's ball game, are on pace to break the record for most um, strikeouts at the plate this year. Wow. Really? Yep. Um, I think the the baseball guys yesterday on the audio broadcast were saying that they're slotted to beat last year's Brewers by by one strikeout. Yeah. Interesting. Very, very it's not a record you want. No, it's not what you're looking for. Doesn't really piss me off though, in particular. Well, fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right. So let's just get get to a, a couple quick things here, real quick, before we go into rapid fire. Did you happen to see the kind of the details around the Red Sox uh, designating yeah. Hanley Ramirez for uh, for assignment? Yeah. So I want to kind of set the stage here. Um, Everyone, all of our listeners are encouraged to go to sensiblyloud.com because what you can do there, in addition to getting our podcast updates, um, you also get blogs by Justin and I. Uh, We have a few guest contributors in the works that we're currently working on. But yesterday, Justin published one about Hanley Ramirez. And what's cool about it is he went really in-depth on it. Um, I'm going to share one thing I learned, um, actually. Justin, you know what I learned reading your blog yesterday? What's that? That there's a baseball team in Boston. Hey, Why didn't you ever told me that before? I don't. I, hey, I got nothing. I wasn't. Ex- <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say that. To be real honest with you, he didn't have the crickets dropped ready on that one. No. Um. So he actually. There it is. <laughs> there you go. He actually um went in, you know, and talked about month over month Ramirez's um performance, and uh, it's definitely an interesting story, Justin. We want to high level it for everyone real quick. Yeah, man. So a lot of people were. So I was at work on because it was Friday, and. So I knew, so Dustin Pedroia, I've been keeping an eye on it. He's going to make his season debut. Uh, go, he was going to make it going into this weekend. And, I mean, we're talking about Petey here. So, I mean, it, he's not just going to go sit on the bench or anything like that. He's going to play. And we've talked about it before that I think that Boston's biggest struggle, even though they are, as far as win goes, they have the most team wins in baseball. I still mm-hmm. think that their biggest struggle, aside from their bullpen being weak, is that their infield their infield defense has struggled mightily throughout the season so far. A lot of errors. Devers has kind of been in a spot where he's so young that he's um, he's just being put in a spot where he's making more errors. Um, those are on him, not the rest of the team necessarily, but it just it magnifies that kind of thing. Sure. Um, yeah, that makes sense. A lot of like. Eduardo Nunez playing second, which is like, so he's a, he's a utility infielder where he can play like second, short and third, and he can be an outfielder and he can DH. So it's, there's a lot of different like places that he fits there. Um, Mm -hmm. but he's still the weakest at second base 
with all those things. So they've certainly missed Pedroia. All that to be said, I knew they were going to make a corresponding roster move. I just didn't know that they were going to fucking designate Hanley Ramirez for assignment, which essentially means for those of our listeners that are not so familiar with, uh, with the DFA, essentially the team has to clear out. They can only keep 25 uh, men on the roster at one time. And so that only 25 guys can be in the clubhouse and, you know, for the big league club. And so what ends up happening with this kind of scenario is this is the essential of cutting a player and saying, you know, we're so basically they can cut him. That removes him from the 25 man roster without messing with any minor league options, which he does not have since he came into the league in like 2005. And, uh, or he may have an option or two. It's always weird whenever someone like him has like an actual minor league option. Sure. Uh, But anyway, so, they can, they basically have one week. They have seven days to eat once they designate him to either trade him or cut him, and they still owe him fifteen million dollars. Now, the interesting part about this is, and what everybody has asked me about is, why did they do this now? And it is a little bit of a confusing move to happen now. You see a lot of these things around trade deadlines, uh, around the All Star break, whenever teams are making roster moves. Very very rare to see them at the end of May. Um, I really think, uh, I think this is multifaceted. I think, number one, they look at this. So I, I would say, I wrote in the blog, number one, he, um, at the beginning of the year, whenever Cora took the reins, it looked like the best place for him to be batting is in the third or the fourth hole. I'm sure the analytics told them that that's where he was most productive at. Yeah, I mean, otherwise they wouldn't have put him there. Right. And so, but like, Cora was like, he's hitting third, period. There wasn't any... Hmm. Any leeway there. And what that ends up doing is that pigeonholes him a little bit because you can't move him around versatile in the lineup like you typically would. And that hurts him. So that hurts his value a ton right there. Um, he was an incredible hitter in May. Or I'm sorry, in, uh, in April. He's been a horrendously terrible hitter in May. That's been the story of his, his career throughout his time in Boston. Back in Boston, I should say. Um, it was a really weird time whenever they signed him. That was a move that I didn't think they needed to make. The goal was at the time, they needed to they needed more production on offense. And they needed a third baseman. Mil- Will Middlebrooks was their third baseman at the time. Um, and that turned them around to turn around and go out and get Pablo. Which I disagreed with from the very beginning, from day one. Uh, but we won't go into to Pablo yeah, Sandoval like- talk. That's the quickest way is to rile Justin up is for someone to bring up Pablo Sandoval. No doubt about it. Yeah, or it's Justin calls him Pablo fucking Sandoval. Exactly. Can we get a drop of you doing that? Because that's basically how you say his name every time. Yeah, we'll cut one later. We'll cut one later for sure. Um, so anyway, um, so they designated for assignment to make that roster move. I assumed that they would trade somebody. Uh, they was looking like they were going to trade Blake Swihart. Their expectations were really un- unreasonable as far as what they wanted for him. And... It sounds to me, which this this was the even more shocking part about it, that Alex Cora was the one who made the call on this. Yeah, and it kind of makes me wonder if it's like his chance to, um, not to say that this isn't like his first big decision as, um, you know, as manager, but I think that this is kind of going to be one of those moments that could come back to define uh, the 2018 Red Sox season. Is is this something that his guys are going to get behind? Is this something that his guys are going to be like, whoa, Hanley wasn't cutting it, now he's gone. 
time for us to really piss or get off the pot, you know? Yeah, I mean, I thought about it from that angle, but I really think that um, I, I wrote it in the blog, and I think that it sets the right tone. And so I think part of that is true, that this is going to be, like, you perform. Like, it doesn't matter how much you're paid, perform or get off the team. Like, one of the right. two. It's very simple. The other part of it was, and, and people asked me about the timing of it, and the biggest factor here with him, this contract was a terrible contract to begin with. Mm -hmm. It has, so right now he makes $15 million guaranteed. And it has a player option that if he reaches 419 plate appearances, it triggers an option that turns that to $22 million guaranteed. Jeez. He's already had 85 plate appearances in May, which we're almost at the end of May, but I mean, you're... He's almost he's ha more than halfway there at this point, and so right. it's one of those things like if we're going to cut bait and eat the money because they're paying him no matter what at this point. Yeah, let's eat less money. Exactly, and that's kind of how you have to look at this. If he's not going to be part of the overall plan, he still had another year left on that deal before a player option that he can opt into. Let's just cut bait with the guy and move on with what we're doing. That's really sure. I think the way the Red Sox are looking at this. Do I think it's a little bit short sighted? Probably, but. I would say that the – I bet you that Cora looked at it as, you know what, the collective of this deal, he has not been good. They wanted him to be a left fielder. He was terrible at that. They wanted him to be a first baseman after that. He was a little bit better at, at first base because he played infield before. But overall, I just don't think the production was there to warrant the kind of money that they were paying him at the end of the day. Well, and they had Pedroia coming up, you know, right. so it's not like they didn't have, you know, kind of anyone in waiting. But typically, a corresponding roster move for something like that would be to option someone to AAA. And right, as opposed to DFA. Sure. Correct, yeah. So that, that's it, the timing was definitely odd. I think it threw everybody off. It, I wasn't expecting that at all. Uh, and you sure. know me, man. I keep my, Obviously, I keep my, my pulse on the situation pretty closely uh, in Boston the only there. Thing, but yeah, the only thing that Justin pays more attention to than the Red Sox is his cat, Penny. And even that's pretty pretty back and forth yeah it's probably probably the team i don't know anyway it's it's it was a little bit head scratching man i think that a team like houston would be remiss if they did not pick him up somewhere because the mm -hmm. thing about it is man like yeah he's streaky and you can, but you can keep him on the bench you can pay him the veterans minimum and you may get something from him i mean he was just raking in in april for the red sox like he was a huge part of why they've gotten off to the, the start that they have well, and that's why I wouldn't necessarily see Houston taking a chance on Streaky because they're looking for consistent production. I'd see someone more like Seattle or um, maybe a team that's really battling it out like the Phillies or someone Someone do it. I'm not saying that that Houston would put him in the line, you know, as an everyday lineup guy. I would think I gotcha. it's more just power coming off the bench in the right situations. But sure. I would think that Boston being the Astros' main competition probably – aside from the Yankees in the AL would have thought about that before they make made such a, a huge roster move. At least you would hope so. I would, I would definitely hope so, but I'm sure they did the numbers a little bit better than you and I do. That's what they're paid for. Absolutely. Um, all right. There's one more thing I wanted to talk about outside of that. Did you happen to see the unbelievable game that Mike Trout had the other day? Um, so I didn't see the game, but I saw the numbers uh, and I'm going to tell you why. Justin, guess why I saw those numbers. Why? Because Mike Trout's on my fantasy team. Hey, oh, Justin, how'd you do in fantasy this week? Dude, I've lost twice to you now. I know. You remain undefeated. 
I know. Boy, the that's a Coyotes dangerous thing come the playoffs, though, I'll tell you. Oh yeah, no, I'm 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 on I'm playing with the house's money at this point. I was expecting to be about 500, <laughs> so at this point, I'm just looking for the bragging rights. But outside of fantasy baseball, Justin, what's going on with Mike Trout? Man, so so that dude's the most, I would say the the one of the best players in baseball, but the least talked about players in baseball. It's that LA market, man. I swear that LA market just has teams and players just fall into an abyss. Sure. Like the Aussie Smith abyss. The void. <laughs> that was a throwback to the, the Simpsons episode. Yeah, episode, uh, 11. episode 11 or 12. Yeah, it was 11. No, 12 is 12 fell down a hole, remember? That's right. One of those is the lost episode. That's 12. 11 was the, the Simpsons episode. Um, anyway, so Trout in this game, uh, I guess this was on Saturday. Okay. They were playing the Yankees. Mike Trout had five hits, four extra base hits, three doubles, and 11 total bases. Holy crap. How many fantasy points did he generate that day? Um, Enough to put your face in the dirt. True. I don't know if that's what really finally did it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm going to say it was. It Losing was you, Darvish, did not help me. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I like you, Darvish. I have his bobblehead on my desk at work, but I'm... I would have to take him in fantasy only in certain situations. Yeah, it was a risk, that's for sure. Got some young pitching coming up that I'm pretty pretty confident on, though. It's a long season. Hey, uh, speaking of pitching, uh, did you happen to um, see the 69-mile-per-hour quick pitch scenario from the other day? Dude, yes, that's such an awesome thing. The quick pitch is the most bizarre thing to look at. Uh, essentially, what uh, what game was that in? I want to say it was the Padres. No, it was the Mets-Milwaukee game. That's right. Yeah. And so Michael Conforto basically reached on an infield single. Uh, it was the top of the fifth inning. And uh, Devin Messerocco struck out. He was the guy that they acquired uh, in the Harvey trade. Mm-hmm. He strikes out. Adrian Gonzalez steps up to the plate. Uh, Brewers have Dan Jennings in. It's a lefty. He's a reliever. And he just... Uh, Stepped up real quick and threw the uh, a goofy ass sixty nine mile an hour fastball right over the plate and just fooled him, dude. And like just the whole mechanics of it, so it was a gnarly looking pitch. But I mean, the poor Mets batter. I mean, he looks like. Are you talking about Adrian this? Is Gonzalez? fine. Like just everything is totally burning around him. <laughs> it's Adrian so disappointed. I think, okay. I think Adrian Gonzalez will be okay. Yeah, I think he'll do all right. Hilarious nonetheless, though. That's happened several times le- lately. We might have to tweet that out at our uh, that link um, yeah, from our uh, Outfielder Pod Twitter. I sure will. All right, that cleans up everything that we need to do. How about we um, How about we move into our favorite segment of the show? What do you think, Ben? I love it. I am super ready. What segment is that, my friend? It is time for... Rapid fire! I love that drop. Dude, that's great. Plus, we yell over it every time. It's so much better since we just yell over it, I think. Yeah. Well, that's why it's good that we're doing this at morning, like, as opposed True. to <laughs> True 9 story. o'clock no- at night. Nothing, uh, nothing gets you going in the morning like a cup of coffee and some yelling over some metal music with machine guns in the background. Well, I prefer my metal music with machine guns in the background. Fair, fair. All right, rapid fire. Let's go. You first. If the season ended today, who's in the World Series in your book? Uh, it would be the Red Sox coming out of the AL and the Brewers coming out of the NL. 
Who wins? Uh, the Red Sox. I hate you. Your turn. Uh, if I was actually going to ask you the sa- a similar question, so I'll go with that. Season ends today. Who's the MVP of mo- of both leagues? Uh, give me Mookie Betts in the AL. Mookie Betts in the AL? Yeah. Okay. And then let me see who would be up in the NL. That's a loaded question. Yep. I probably agree with Mookie Betts. I definitely agree with that. Uh, JD's pretty close, though. JD Martinez is pretty close. Yeah, odds on the... Odds in the NL have you at Bryce Harper, Chris Bryant, Nolan Arondo. Arenado. Yeah. Nolan Arenado. I'm I, helping you out here. I don't think there's been enough baseball for me to for me to be able to say. Like, and it wouldn't surprise me this year if um if we see a dark horse candidate coming in. Okay. All right. We'll see. All right, next question. All right. How are you feeling about the Boston-Houston series this coming weekend that you will be at in person? Cautiously optimistic, but super excited. Okay. And which of those games are you going to? I'm going to uh, Friday night and Saturday night both, actually. Okay. So we'll see Good. what happens, man. Um, will the, Brewer- the Brewers are on a tear right now. Will they cool off? Uh, yeah, I definitely see them cooling off. And I put them in second place at the All-Star break. Okay. I like it. That ends rapid fire. Yeah. I like it. Hey, about the Boston-Houston series coming up. Yep. I know that you're going to be rocking uh, rocking Red Sox gear. How much work did it take for you to get your wife to wear Red Sox gear? Because you're more of a Rangers fan? Less than you'd think, actually. Okay. Yep. She's more of a Justin fan? Yep. I don't blame her. I am, too. Well, that makes one of us. Just kidding. <laughs> Was that a perfect <laughs> place for the crickets, probably? Yeah, that would be a a perfect place. We'll have to edit those. No, I'm kidding. Um, Cool. Well, that's going to go ahead and wind us down for your Monday morning outfielder. How did it feel doing this on a Monday, Justin? What did you think? Monday morning. Fan-fucking-tastic. I got to tell you, there's something about the morning morning podcast. When we started, I was a little drowsy, but I think by this point, uh, ready to take on the world. Yeah, I woke up. I definitely woke up for sure. Cool. All right. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening. Definitely check us out on sensiblyloud.com. So not only can you go ahead and check out our podcast, you can also get our blogs. Plus, see what those boys over at On The Break are doing. Like I teased earlier, we have some guest contributors coming up for some blog blog posts, maybe even a movie review or two on the horizon. So definitely good things in the work. Plus, check us out. We are all over your social media, at OutfielderPod on Twitter, at OutfielderPod on Instagram. And, of course, you can always find us on Facebook where we will be sharing out links and everything. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on the iTunes store or the Google Play store. We want to make sure that y'all are getting tremendous value out of this podcast, and that helps us out. Justin, have a great morning. Thank you so much. Audience, appreciate you. You as well, my friend. We want to thank everybody for tuning in for episode 22 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield, and we'll see you back here right uh, right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah,